Where'd my fucking window go? Mike, we're live. And hey! You're, and you're cursing on air. Welcome to episode 23 of Push to Shout. I'm your host, We're Talking Powder. I'm Skippy Sigmatic. And we have with us tonight a very special guest. Please welcome Mark Seb to the show. You may know him as Action Points. Makes some great videos, great analytical stuff. Made some stuff about Gamergate pretty recently, too. Great YouTuber, happy to have him. So, hi Mark, how you doing? Do we lose him? I don't oh. know. Oh. oh boy. Wait, so... <laughs> how do yeah. I internet? You, I think you're doing is, it. Is I think you're internetting. It? Yeah, you say words. Hey, I'm alright. I'm doing okay. Still alive. Very tired. Yeah. So, welcome to the show. Push to Shout is a uh, one-stop shop for all things video games. The most serious show on the web. Um, do I win before prizes? Before we get to some of the... You do. You can. But Yay. only if you're good. You can win CSGO skins. Oh. The most precious no, treasure of them all. So we got a lot going on this week. Well, I guess not really. Bloodborne continuing to play. It feels like a lot. But um, Zelda was delayed. We have some... Uh, ridiculous opinions on twitter as always and the big bombshell playstation home <laughs> you won't wait you just can't wait to find out what's going on with playstation home but before we get to that mark how was your week or life because we don't know what happened in the rest of your weeks they didn't kill playstation home they they killed it, man. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Yeah. Spoilers. Okay. You're jumping Spoilers for the end of the podcast. I'm sorry. We're asking about you right now, not PlayStation Home. We're saving the good stuff for last. Okay. Right now, we're getting the shit out of the way. So, you know, talk about it's, yourself. No, it's becoming PlayStation Apartment. I lied. Oh, God. Okay, no. Um, I'm all right. I've been trying to play video games while making stuff and working. Um, Recently, I was playing... Codename Steam. That's a fun game. I don't know why people don't like it. That's the one um, that Intelligent Systems made, right? Makers right, Fire. right. Uh, it's And all of the characters are like literary characters, which is kind of cool. Was, and, of course, you're like, fighting so aliens. Who, who, I, I'm, I don't know like anything about it, so... Oh, it looks uh, like some of these characters. So there's, there's um, Henry Fleming from Red Badge of Courage. Is John Henry, um, Tiger Lily from Peter Pan. Um, really? Gosh, what's his name? I thought it would go. No, I've never um, heard of this. I don't know. Codename Steam? No, yeah, the I'm completely lost. It's 3DS. Either. Hmm. I've That's been playing a lot on my 3DS recently because I, it's hard for me to like sit down and just play. Uh, so usually I'll just pull out my 3DS when I like when I'm on break. Um, so I've been doing that, uh, playing. Final Fantasy Theatrhythm Curtain Call. I mean, it's, it's kind of a neat game. Just monkey around. Um, Animal Crossing, because I have to be a great mayor. They're counting on me. Uh, Actually, do you have a... Did you buy a new 3DS, or do you still like have one of the older models? I have... Oh, you mean the new 3DS? That's yeah, like... The, the it's part of the 3DS. name? No, absolutely not. It's a terrible name. The new 3DS U... What do you do when you want to buy a used new 3DS? You sound like you're having some sort of Tourette's moment. Have have my old new 3DS U. 
I want it. I want it. Uh, you know, you go into the game shop and you're like, I want a new 3ds. Okay, well, no, this one's used. I want a new new 3ds. It's just, come on, Nintendo. Nintendo like, is not known for making good names for their. Well, products. no, it's it makes sense in Japan because for them, new is like some crazy foreign word, some weeb shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 some West Ameri- Westerby. There you go. So, um, I this is just occurring to me now, but. Um, maybe you could probably give a better description of who you are and what you do than that little pithy. He's the leader of Gamergate. He does. He needs no introduction. Of course. Right. right. Everyone who hates Gamergate, send your hate mail to me because I'm apparently I'm apparently the leader. So what's your shtick? What's your story? Disclosure: Explain I'm not yourself. really the leader. I think people can guess, but like, so what do you make? Um. So I'm some dweeb on the internet who likes video games a lot. Like most of you guys who are listening, and like you two, and there were bad things happening Actually, in my neighborhood, and my mom. Never mind. I, I um, don't. I don't want to interrupt you, but you said you liked video games like us. I, I hate video games. I can't talk for Mike, but I assume he also hates video games. I, I don't know what you thought that this podcast was about. Why are you such a scrub, Skip? I'm not a scrub. I just hate video games. Good. Good. Okay. Um. But yeah, no, no. So there was a lot of, uh, I don't know, views and opinions that I felt weren't being expressed um, and weren't really being put into uh, approachable language. Um, and I just wanted to see, like, I wanted to put out content that maybe would give an, a better understanding of games. So like, uh, maybe try to explain the formal elements of it. So I'm just a person who makes YouTube videos about Vidya and I use my skills, my art skills and whatever else. One of my favorite videos of yours is actually the introduction to video games. Really? Um, yeah. You're the because, only one. Well, I mean, I, I didn't need it. Like, I already knew what was in it. But, I mean, it never occurred to me that some people would actually need, like, a very basic explanation yeah. of what video games are. And, you know, it's just, I that wasn't, it's a very small niche, clearly, but... Um, somebody had to make a video like that, so and I think it was pretty well explained. Thanks. And then as far as the Gamergate stuff goes, I mean, for the most part, Skippy and I tend to tend to agree with most of Gamergate's positions. And I tweet, I don't really tweet with a hashtag anymore, but I used to quite a bit. And what I really like about your Gamergate videos is is that it it's not afraid to be really earnest and serious about it, and not hide behind some like memes. Mm-hmm. Like, what, the number one of your "You Are the Solution" video is arguing good faith, mm-hmm. which is just—it's such an important point. But you know, under the, you know, because so much of these discussions happen on anonymous image boards, or um, you know, just pseudonymous. What, what's the pseudonyms? Well, yeah, pseudonymous. Yeah, pseudonymous forums that. Most of the time, you don't really get to see a lot of good faith arguing going on. So it is really nice to see somebody unabashedly arguing for both good faith and willing to state a clear and strong opinion. So I like that. And and, and just keeping it professional rather than... Because like most of the like your famous gamergators that cropped up soon after it became this viral thing were like King of Pole and... Uh, internet aristocrat and they would like well like mike said they would meme a lot and whatnot but they would also just 
they'd be needlessly, I guess, uh, they'd attack the other yeah. side rather than rather than just support their own views. They would just sit there and attack the other side, and they would basically do the same thing that they were accused of doing. I mean, that that they were accusing the others of doing, and and it just that's I think that's one of the main things that gave Gamergate a bad name from from the beginning was just the high profile people acting kind of shitty and unprofessional and uh and i mean it it is really refreshing when you see someone who just talks about it like it is what it is rather than just this stupid culture internet thing Uh, you're actually talking about the issues that 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 people want to talk about even if maybe unfortunately it might be a minority of the people who use the hashtag or people get embarrassed because they think oh it's just a stupid internet thing um yeah no i mean that was the point of my channel because uh, there's always been a stigma against video games that it's some nerd garbage or whatever else. I mean, we see it now. People who oppose Gamergate, they they, uh, they like to go on about like, oh, who cares? It's just nerd shit or whatever. Um, and like my entire channel was the point was I, I wanted to take the ideas that I thought had a lot of value that was being discussed on the internet that maybe are unpopular or aren't even really well explored and just sort of help translate it into um normal people speak i guess yeah and yeah. like a, a few weeks ago actually i think on those podcasts we we talked about it a little bit but i got personally i got really fed up with and i used to be one of these people who would say well it's just video games just shut up it's just video games just play mm-hmm. the video games and have fun stop arguing about all this bullshit and uh, to an extent i'm still that way but I've also accepted that video games are something that that I am highly interested in. I'm highly invested in. They're they're a big part of my life. I'm doing a weekly podcast about them, for God's sake. Well, so and you do like video games? <laughs> maybe maybe the I like them, or maybe I'm out. just interested in them. But okay. uh, no, I, I I do I do enjoy video games, and I even to an extent enjoy video game culture. But mm-hmm. it, I, people. Other people who seem to enjoy video games, who seem to have it as a major part of their life, they want to just wave it off as being, ah, it's 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 just video games, it's just a toy. And really, I mean, if it's something that you're interested in, if it's something that you're invested in, then you should care about it. And you should, you know, you should take a stance on these issues or at least think about them rather than just saying, well, it's just stupid video games. Because you're spending a lot of your time, you know, playing them. It, it, it is important to you. And if it's important to you, act like it is yeah that's basically always been my position and even if you did if you are embarrassed still you can at least acknowledge that it matters at least in this bubble that you know in as much as i'm brutal compounder and you're skippy sigmatic and your action points like those identities are all about video games and so you know there's no reason to feel embarrassed posting under those names i guess you do use your real name or is that like a abbreviation of your it's... name it they're they're an important part of our lives and our online lives and so there's no reason to be embarrassed about having an opinion about them but it, yeah, it that would was be... probably what frustrated me the most is that people would try to distance themselves from any kind of clear opinion that could land them in any camp that's open to criticism. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a uh, it's kind of the thing, you know, the whole postmodern. I don't care. I'm being ironic. I'm not invested. I'm apathetic. I'm cool. That's I don't see a value in that. I don't see a point to that. It's 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 
a notable quality of being human is our ability to, to form abstract thought and give things meaning. And if you're not doing that, well, then, I don't know, what's the point? I mean, if you don't care, you might as well just be a working drone who goes and sells their time and gets paid and then pays their bills and then procreates and dies. So, I mean, you could do that if you want. I don't see a point to it. But yeah, I, I, as one of those people, as one of those people who is frequently ironic and just, you know, oh, it's all stupid. I totally agree because I I, I try not to be serious, but I do uh, think about this stuff a lot. And part of the reason that I wanted to do this podcast was to get opinions like that out without without feeling like, like you know, I, I feel like a lot of people follow me on Twitter or YouTube and expect just comedy and that's kind of what I like to make as far as for the fans or whatever I, but I wanted to make something where I could say opinions and stuff without feeling like it's encroaching encroaching upon that kind of stuff uh, and and it, yeah I agree I mean just if, if you don't have an opinion on it don't have an opinion and don't sit there insulting other people who do have opinions on it because in the end it, it, if it's important to you you, sh- you should you should be uh, invested in it and outwardly so, not just not just internally. So, Mark, you're a part of something called Gather Your Party. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? It's this website where a bunch of people do it for free. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's kind of I like to say we're pro consumer. Um, a lot of us are game, uh, you know, maybe they want to call themselves gamers. I say we're gaming enthusiasts. Uh, some of us would even like to make games. I'd like, I'd personally like to make games at some point. Um, and we just write editorials, uh, do investigative pieces when we can, um, reviews, whether it be an article or, or a video. And, uh, I don't know, that's gather your party. It's just a bunch of people trying to, uh, make something that hopefully reflects, uh, the best interests of people who like games because we like them too. I, now, I, what, what was the name of that, uh, reviewer on, on gather your party who reviewed, uh, Life is Strange. Oh, oh, uh, Strana. Strana. Um, I'm what trying to remember. I mean, that's somebody that's her, had to. Jesus. That's her. That's her uh, YouTube name. I'm drawing a blank on her. Her uh, her name on the site. Let me grab it. I um. Site, it says article by Holly Morgan. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Holly wrote that. Or rather, yeah. she produced that, that video. I yeah. And, and and I saw Aaron but, signals video on it and it pissed me off so much so oh i just my. had to go back and cleanse my palate with uh with strong what did he <laughs> say i i don't watch his channel oh boy because i, I go mean, there and i see comments are disabled so i'm like nope useless well you can you can go to the uh the reddit the subreddit that he moderates if you want to uh, have oh. an honest discussion right but uh yeah his he was basically saying that all oh, these characters are so developed and they're they're more oh than my. just one-dimensional cutouts, which is exactly what they are. <laughs> they have zero depth at all. And he couldn't even demonstrate how any of them have any depth when he tries to give examples. His example for why uh, this character Warren wasn't a stereotype was to literally describe the stereotype of a high school white knight. <laughs> he, it's just, it, he doesn't even notice he's doing it. I don't know. It's it's funny. If you're in for a laugh and, uh, you know, can actually take that kind of... If you can contain that kind of anger in your blood for 17 minutes, it's worth watching. I wouldn't be angry. I would just be embarrassed for him. 
<laughs> he even says, oh, that used to be me. <laughs> But he's talking about Warren. Oh, the Christ. White Knight, the White Knight Warren here. Well, that explains where he found all of Warren's depth, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we actually had a discussion about this. Um, I was streaming Bloodborne because nobody actually gives a shit about watching Bloodborne and would rather talk about bad games. Somebody started getting talking about Life is Strange. And somebody actually liked it. And their reason for liking it was that they were a teenage girl who, who like photography like the people who like these games they clearly identify with one of these characters like it's literally them and that's so are where you they saying, connect are you saying that it's wish fulfillment yeah i think it's a uh it's a, it's a power fantasy the power of being a teenage hipster the power of time travel yeah the power of being a teenage hipster with actual powers magical ones yeah, and I don't. I guess we're talking about Life is Strange now. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about Bioshock. <laughs> oh, I mean, see what I did there. This great job. Like, okay, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, um, like the time travel in that game, like being able to go back and change what you do, it's meant to like make it feel more real and fleshed out. That you get to explore the possibility explore the possibility space as Aaron Signal says but because it is a game and it has a very low budget and they don't actually get to account for all these possibilities I, I remember there's one part where you're trying to take a box down from a high shelf and you, you oh, reach no. for it and it falls oh no high tension what's going to happen you reach for it and it falls box and on then the shelf. This, this snow globe breaks okay so you figure okay I'll, uh, just, like, I'll no. just like rewind time I'll rewind time and be more careful this time, right? So you do that, and then she fumbles with the box and it breaks in the exact same way. And there literally is no possible way to get that box down from that shelf safely, even though you have literally infinite time and infinite attempts. Like, at least with The Walking Dead, even though some of those moments feel weird or janky you at least get to move on <laughs> like you don't have to dwell on it mm -hmm. this the game is based on forcing you to dwell on these moments so it's one of the worst games i've played personally well it doesn't sound like a game it sounds like an interactive fiction well i don't even care uh, who cares about that distinction i don't personally it's been actually well, i know that you made a video about this but yeah i can't remember your argument because it's been so long what what was your basic position on that? Basically, I said if you're learning a skill for fun and you would, and you hope to master it, that's a game. Okay. In a nutshell. And did you did you say anything about whether it was an important discussion to have of calling something a game or not? I mean, I I, I think I articulated that. Because we're developed, you know, more people can make games now. Technology becoming available for people to author more uh, types of software. It's worth defining what a game would be. Mm. You know, I mean, you wouldn't call like a. You couldn't just call an oil painting and a finger painting the same thing. I mean, yeah, they're kind of made with the same tools. Well, I yeah. think I think in the same way that you can call both paintings just paintings that you yeah. you can call Life is Strange and Gone Home and The Walking Dead video games. They're both software. They're software, but software they're they're entertainment in software yeah. form. And I feel like video games as a term is going to stay 
as that. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like, if you're playing it on a computer, whether you're playing it or not, technically, it's going to be called a video game, and I'm willing Mm -hmm. to accept that. But I do think that that... I do think that we need to, to develop some sort of uh, name for those things as they become more popular. But that naturally happens. That's how language works. Mm-hmm. Eventually, people will start figuring out a way to, to talk about those things without just referencing each Walking Dead or whatever. Just saying, like, oh, it's like Walking Dead. Because I think those are going to get really popular. I think we're going to see more and more of those year by year. Uh, that, that's a whole genre that's just going to, I think, explode, really. Um, it already has. Yeah. It's, that's, that's why Telltale is already juggling, what, six series? And supposedly, <laughs> and suppose Game of Thrones, it's got to be close to it. Yeah, it's got to uh, be close to it. Walking Dead, Borderlands, and then that new Minecraft that has like a companion TV show. Have you heard about yeah. that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I have not yeah, heard about. I don't. I don't mind the. I don't mind at all the the kind of search for more precise language, or trying to talk about these sorts mm-hmm. of interactive experiences more accurately. But I guess it's because I spend too much time on certain anonymous image boards um, that whenever something's called not a game, it's almost always used as an insult to, to shit on it. Yeah. Um, so something like Ethan Carter, which I know that you actually there is a challenge there. So it is much more of a, a game than mm-hmm. any of these. But that frequently gets called not a game too, and it just kind of it's even if it wasn't a game it can't take away from how good that is as a thing well see here's here's the great thing about saying something is not a game and then explaining why you think it it's not a game um ultimately that's an opinion and there's lots of opinions on the internet and you shouldn't get mad at them and if you get mad at them well i hate wrong opinions though then you're being kind of dumb and you need That's to take true. a break from the internet. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, like, upset me on a... Oh, no, I'm not saying level. you. I mean people in general. Oh, I see, I see. Well, I'm just going to say it anyway. Um, yeah, it doesn't get me mad. It's just... It, I, I feel like there's a better argument that pe- people mm-hmm. could be having instead. Not that I would expect anything better on certain anonymous image words, but you often feel like, where else can you go that people don't blindly heap praise onto games that's i I don't haven't really found an a a large active community that can really do that they're either overwhelmingly positive and uncritical Mm -hmm. or just categorically shit on everything maybe are you in the know do you do you have some secrets some uh elite covens underground internet community about games i I nowadays just look at my Twitter feed and see like the people who I know who aren't dumb. One forty characters what, at a time. And I see what they say, and I'll be like, like so for, for example, you're talking about Bloodborne, and I saw Hyperbit was saying he liked it. I was like, oh, is it good? He said, yeah. And there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I, but like, I, I, I mean, know if you want some more kind of long, long form discussion, like, there's really no place for it. Or at least I well, haven't I mean, found it. I mean, yeah. I mean, so so you you can take your chance with anonymous image boards. I mean, you're you're bound to get some you know long form discussion there. Um, with recent movings about, you're you'll get a better a grade of discussion at uh, more upcoming image boards um, because it's sort of separated the chaff. But ultimately, that happens because. Well, your mic seemed to go quiet. 
Yeah, the people on the YouTube can hear him, <laughs> but we oh, can't, okay. I think, because it's still showing him as talking. I see. I'm, okay. Can you, you guys are. hear me? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was holding alt. It was not working. It is now. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. good. Um, I said, but ultimately it's because the Western world is, is individualist. You know, I mean, in other cultures, there's, there's big, collectivism. Big well, I mean, that, this, this is how I function. Um, I agree, though, yeah. But yeah, and... You know, and it's not bad. It's not bad to want to self-promote or develop a healthy self-image, um, but it's it's sort of this the, the focus on status. This idea of my opinion's better or my opinion's right. Um, and when you go to a place that's anonymous, you, there's no point to status because everyone's anonymous. The, the value of the ideas is going to be lifted up. I mean, it'll take a while to be lifted up because there's so many people shouting obscenities at each other. Uh, but you're going to be less swayed by um, uh, groupthink or, or just the the whole social situation. Yeah, I I uh, I haven't actually browsed like any anonymous image boards in probably two years now. Um, I, but I I used to because when you get actual discussion going, it, however rare it might be, when you get actual discussion going in an anonymous forum, you you get so much more. Like it feels way more real and you're getting people's real opinions and it just, you feel like you're getting more, you're, 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 you can take more away from it than you would in a place like Reddit or Twitter or somewhere where you feel like people are either holding themselves back to an extent or trying to prove something, you know, about themselves. They, when you detach yourself from an identity, you can say what you really want to say. And a, a lot of the time that's, vile bullshit <laughs> but every once in a while you actually get some gems of actual discussion in there that that i think are more valuable than you get almost anywhere else on uh that that where you people actually have profiles and names attached mm -hmm. to what they're saying well yeah because it becomes more about the individual or any uh sense of garnered status and you know like i said once, once again those things aren't wrong so you know, in very objective terms, something like Reddit isn't a bad idea because it's, it emulates a democracy. But, you know, the individual or, or the ego or whatever you want to call it gets involved. It's like, oh, I want to I want to have the best karma or what have you. And then it doesn't matter anymore what the value of the thought was. It's it's oh, I was the first one to do it or I did this thing. And then people will go to the links of, look, I did this really mean thing that made everyone laugh. Uh, which, while it might be funny at the moment, uh, maybe it doesn't have long-lasting value. Yeah, I, I, um, and I don't, I don't think that there are just no safe havens on the internet from shitty just discussion and whatnot. I, uh, for the last year or so, I've I've been uh, kind of an avid watcher of giant bombs content i don't i don't love giant Bomb Why? in general i i don't love them like I, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of their opinions i don't even really love the opinion the community that much but it's a really good middle ground between like it, it's just people are very uh, in between like people feel like they're actually instead of just having this group mind if you go on the forums or if you listen to the the stars or whatever the hell you would call them hosts um personalities they, yeah personalities they they're willing to disagree with each other and they're not they don't feel like they're part of the greater internet hive mind as much as you find with with they're probably the highest profile website that isn't 
just like IGN kind of. I and IGN. My biggest problem with IGN is just the the clickbait bullshit and stuff. Like, I mean, you go on the homepage of IGN right now, and you're probably gonna see like the the trailer to Mad Max and shit like that. Like, I, that that annoys me. I want something that's just about video games, but I don't want it to be about. I don't want articles about video game culture. I don't want uh, to read about that stuff. I'm just not. I'm just not that much that interested in it anymore. At least I'm not interested in hearing one person's perspective on it at length. Sometimes I like reading discussions about it and whatnot. But they stick to video games. They talk about video games, and I like that about them. And it's become one of my main sources for just kind of figuring out what's going on in the main. I don't want to say mainstream, but like uh, the industry. Semi-mainstream would be the best thing to say uh, of, of the industry. Yeah, like just kind of like here's the big games that that are drawing a lot of attention, and here's people's opinions on them. And I feel like you get a pretty good uh, gauge from from that website, just from the community and from the from the personalities. Yeah. Um, back to something we were saying about anonymous image boards. Um, I remember one of the best things to come out of uh, 4chan's V back in the day. And by back in the day, I mean 2013, um, was the universal praise Bioshock Infinite was getting when it came out. Um, do we have the Hangout muted? Oh, yeah, we have the Hangout muted just so that we don't hear the doubling. Gotcha. Okay, so I had it the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the Bioshock Infinite was getting basically universal praise from every reviewer, and then even like Reddit and neogaf they were all over it they were sucking its dick just oh this beautiful ending it's really redefining the storytelling the citizen kane of video games yeah we had a few citizen kane moments that year didn't we but like v was probably the only place that i saw actually discussing its many actual flaws which was refreshing at the time and uh i don't know if it's ever actually it's tried to repeat that performance on a great deal of games that just weren't as bad to support it. Wait, are you serious? Life is Strange Episode 2 got an 8.5. <laughs> that derailed my whole, my whole thing. That, that shook your world. The I mean, no, are all of video games. I can totally believe that because I've actually been seeing a ton of like mainstream uh, excitement over Life is Strange. Like When the next episode was announced or whatever or about to come out, people were legitimately excited for it and i i was my mind was blown hella kick yes indeed that writing how do you write that yeah i i i want to um refer to something that that hollywood said in her video uh there's a part where what's the main character's name chloe uh max is the main max thank you chloe is her blue hair bff her uh her punk alternative buddy um there was like like the writing was so bad uh holly had made a point she said like at one point max is in the uh girl's room she's looking at the the tampon dispenser and she says this strange comment um like yeah i'm good to flow what what? no thanks no thanks i'm good to flow and I didn't quite understand that at first. I remember first. that. I remember that verbatim. I didn't quite understand that at first. I thought, that's a strange comment, but I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> so then she explained it to me. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds really strange. And then she said, it's like, is strange. 
And she said, that's bullshit. She says, because if you're in the ladies' room and you need to buy a tampon, the first thing you think is, damn, that's expensive. Don't <laughs> I remember think... that being in the video, but... Yeah, there you go. It was in the video. But, like, that line... <laughs> yeah, that's really awkward. It's like she's she's good to flow, so she's she doesn't need a tampon. But she's bleeding at her cooch. Like, what the fuck? Maybe, maybe they were saying she had one. Maybe. I, I maybe. got the impression. It's, it's subtle. It's a I'm subtle rather, game. I'm rather ignorant about this topic. Um, <laughs> you can got, probably imagine why. I got the impression that that game was written by someone who was not a native English speaker. Am I it right? Was, I th it was written by Ubisoft Montreal, I think. Or not Ubisoft, sorry, Square Enix. Some Montreal studio, yeah. French or whatever. But I also remember, because we talked about this before the game came out, um, back when we all we knew was the um, opinions piece on it that was talking about the uh, the phallic lighthouse at the start. It was oh my somehow fucking to, god. Somehow trying to, trying to portray this like blatantly progressive pandering adventure story. It was trying to call that misogynistic, and um, there was this big manufactured hubbub about the lead writer of the game being male. So I, I, you can—that's probably where one of some of those uh, idiosyncrasies cropped out of this guy trying to write not just a modern teenager, but a modern teenage girl. Wait, are we know. talking about Gone Home now? No. Well, we <laughs> could. Oh, see what I did there. Great, okay. great job. I mean, wow. That game, like, I went back and played that after playing um, Life is Strange, and it's orders of magnitude better. Yeah. I, I, at the very least, I have a couple fond memories of my first playthrough of that game because I went in with absolutely zero expectations. So it was kind of nice how it subverted them, but it also doesn't have any value for me to play again now that I know that that's and I think, basically I think people's all it's doing. I think most people's biggest criticism of Gone Home, uh, among the people who were willing to criticize it, uh, was that it, it wasn't necessarily a terrible game. It just didn't deserve, first of all, it yeah. wasn't worth $20, obviously, but it also didn't deserve the critical praise that it was getting. And I've made this argument over and over, so I won't harp on it. But it, it's it's very obviously one of those things where game journalists want to validate their their industry mm -hmm. in their eyes and say, like, we're we have these progressive developers and whatnot and so even if a game isn't all that great as long as it kind of uh, it holds to their values they'll act like it's really good or they'll status, I, status status yeah they'll convince themselves that it's good i don't think that they're being i i think that most of them are being genuine in their feelings but that their feelings don't come from a genuine place you know that they've convinced themselves that that these games are good just because in their eyes, it makes the industry seem more legitimate and more progressive and all that stuff. And it's just, it's bullshit. If, if it's not a good game, it's not a good game, you know? And speaking of these, uh, speaking of these criticisms not coming from a genuine place, I'm pulling up our friend Radical Bites' uh, tweets about Bloodborne. God damn it. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Once you read boy. those off, I want to talk a little about Gone Home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, oh, I'll okay. pull off on them. All right. Yeah, I'm sure you have people salivating now that they know there's some uh, some uh, Joshy tweets around yeah, the corner. Yeah, we love them. Um. So yeah. So like, gone home, and I wanted to say this. It's like, 
Uh, I actually kind of wanted to like it. I don't mind if people want to make different kinds kinds of games. Like I said, I want to make games myself. Um, and and like you had said, uh, Mike, that you liked intro to video games, and it was kind of important to me to make that video because contrary to the whole, you know, belief that oh, gamers are are you know they're 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 bigoted and they want a boys club. It's like no, I want people to play video games. Um, mm-hmm. And if I, they play video games, I want them to understand them. I don't want them to come in thinking, oh, everything that Kotaku and Polygon told me is correct. I want them to understand the formless values of a game so that when they go into it, they're like, oh, Mario hits harder because it's testing my ability to jump. Where if they go to a game like uh, The Walking Dead, they're like, oh, this is about a story. Like like I, was, I, I mentioned earlier, t- making an interactive fiction and making a game while kind of the same thing required different uh, tools or different skill set. So a game designer has to understand how to make a game where an interactive fiction, you need to know how to write a story. You need to know some game design, but it's in terms of how to balance choices and whatnot, but it's not the focus of it. And I really wanted to like Gone Home and it was just not good. It was, it, it didn't even feel done. I, to, to me, like so much of it felt like the... I don't know what the right word is, but the the pretense of of having a lived-in environment. So you'd pick up a magazine, and it would be like, Authors Weekly, the top ten tricks to writing a good book. And it was meant to be there to say, oh, look, this is a magazine. There's somebody, the father's an author, so that's why this magazine is there. But because that's so generic, and there's there's little just generic bits of flavor everywhere... Mm-hmm it undermines the only thing it was going for, which was to create this lived-in environment. And I don't think people... People were too willing to overlook that or at least not apply much rigor to it. I don't know about you, but when I have a lived-in environment, I totally expect people not to have a fully finished kitchen because, I mean, who who eats when they have a lived-in environment, right? I mean, you know, you don't need a kitchen if you live somewhere. And that's I didn't that. notice that. Yeah. Wait, the... do, do they not have a kitchen at all? They had a kitchen, but it wasn't finished. It was it was like half not done. That's like wait, so they just moved in and the kitchen isn't finished being fixed, but they live there somehow, and they've they've like populated most of the rooms. It just I could say so much about it because I wanted it to succeed. I love environmental storytelling. I I I'm, I know I had made my own stupid little mod for um. For Fallout 3, I must have spent at least a week on it. And no one ever saw it, but I just went nuts decorating a, a vault. So yeah, no, I love environmental storytelling, but just they did not. And know, they did a bad job. I think that most people forget that it, it, most, like, even the people who are, are just shit on it these days, probably when it was first, like, coming out, people wanted it to succeed as well because they loved the idea of it. I mean, it is a really nice idea. You explore this house and you you find little nuggets of information and you start piecing stuff together. It's an awesome idea. It's been done in other games, but it's never really been perfected. I mean, L.A. Noir touched on it and stuff, but nothing's ever I don't feel like anything's ever really done justice to that kind of storytelling. But people wanted it to be good, and then it turned out to just kind of be uh, overwhelmingly mediocre, perhaps, and 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 very short. And that was that was like people were like, okay, that's disappointing. But then when the critics started just lavishing praise on it, yeah. that's when people really turned against it because yeah. it, it's not the fact that 
it was telling a lesbian story, as a lot of critics will have you believe. It's like, oh, they hate lesbians, so they hate the game. It's because you're making it sound better than it is, probably because it's about lesbians and you want it to be better than it is. And and so people are going to fight back against that because it's it's not true. It isn't that great. And uh, that's, I mean, we're getting to kind of the core uh, argument between Gamergate and anti-Gamergate these days, which is just like a, a common, a, a, a genuine misunderstanding of where the people who support Gamergate are coming from there. It's not oh. sexism and stuff. It's I, just, it's just a, 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 be getting tired of people being disingenuous. Disgen- God, fuck. What is the word for it? Disingenuous. Yeah. Yes. I, disingenuous. I would say you're being very generous to the media though, because it's not a genuine misunderstanding. They purposely misrepresented uh, people who oppose them. I constantly. agree about the yes, like the the more infamous. Oh ones. yeah, the people, the people within the anti-consumer media. Yeah, I mean, there's but, people who. Yeah, average Joe on Twitter who's just like, well, yeah, this yeah. Gamergate thing seems really shitty. They're just they just don't get it. Yeah, and, yeah, they, and that's they, fine. But it's like I, I that's why I appreciate people like you trying to educate people and trying to get the word out that like, no, this is a very genuine thing that like really nobody should disagree with fundamentally and it's just it's blown up into something that it really just isn't about part of what i loved about ethan carter was not just that it had the challenge not i guess it wasn't it was never too hard or actually like challenging but it expected you to figure it out um it didn't just expect you to walk from place to place and click stuff and open doors like you had to actually try to apply some thought and yeah like what you said in there there being kind of different skill sets of mm-hmm. the interactive story and the game designer that makes it more impressive when there's a a perfect marriage between the two and like another thing that i liked about the um intro to video games is that yeah when when you said okay this game is trying to test my skill right now and that i should be okay with that i mean just like any other kind of um, medium like th- some of the greatest works of literature they have a lot of hard words in them and they expect mm-hmm. you to be able to keep up and if you can't keep up then you rise to its level because it's got value and that shouldn't bo- keep you from experiencing that like is is not having a big enough vocabulary at the given moment a good reason not to read like Moby Dick I mean these are these are valuable things and i'm not going to try to say that you know video games are you know equally yeah fleshed out and realized as those media but i mean y- y- to use difficulty or the fact that you got to do stuff and i'm not comfortable with that i can't buy that excuse yeah i mean it's it's like saying um shakespeare's prose or or terminology is too outdated so it must be a bad story well, no, it's just it might be beyond the reader's uh, ability at that current time. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, they're a bad reader. It just means they're not as versed in, in different types of prose. Um, yeah, any, any medium expects you to do work. Whether that work is interpretive work or mechanical work, mm-hmm. it's still asking something from you as the consumer of it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because, I mean, I, I've never been a huge appreciator of most, like, 
classical painted art. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I, I can find it aesthetically pleasing, but I've never ever delved into you know the the depth of it and figured out well why is this considered great art and this just considered okay art? I, I can't figure out the difference. And I, th- a common criticism is that nobody can and it's just bullshit. But I, I, I think that there is, like you said, a certain amount of skill just because video games are more of a physical skill that you're actually mm-hmm. applying to a controller doesn't make it, it it's the same it, there's a similar process that you have to go through of learning to appreciate something and and uh it's definitely it, it's definitely something that's going to block a lot of people from ever yeah. playing games they're just not going to want to do it they're going to say this is this isn't worth it and that's that's people need to to realize that that's okay not everyone needs to appreciate games it's not mm-hmm. for everyone it's a barrier to entry, and that's why um, a lot of the people within the anti-consumer games media uh, kind of dislike the idea of hardcore games, or and that's why we see even some hardcore games like Call of Duty, which aren't even hardcore anymore. They're you know just walk and your NPC teammates shoot all the bad guys. Um, that's why we see a lowered barrier to entry because we want well not we but the AAA wants their games to be more profitable. And the media wants to bring in more people who uh, aren't gamers. I mean, that's 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 why Lee Lee I can never get an Alexander Lee. Well, Lee. That's why Lee and so many were so quick to say, "Oh, gamers are dead. They don't have to be your audience," uh, because they wanted to bring in new people who aren't already there and as well informed. Yeah, um, they made the assumption that there was this significant base of people. Who were so terrified of gamers that if only they would denounce them that they could finally feel comfortable entering but those people didn't exist i mean the people that the until new, they wrote those the articles new, the new well not really i mean the, the the new customers that they were trying to bring in or that they still are trying to bring in because they always want to expand their bases i mean they don't actually have that passionate hatred toward gaming's existing image i mean it's they're been a pretty linear yeah they're indifferent it's been pretty linear games are more common your average person isn't a nerd for playing call of duty i mean it's it's that image doesn't exist so to try to play off of it they they only upset people they, well anyway in some ways it exists but for, it, it's becoming more accepted um and i was gonna i wanted to make the point that even not having the ability to to go into like more challenging uh, titles or, or s- stories or what have you that's not even a bad thing um and this is i guess i'll 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 uh i'll point to something that i previously had believed that i i then later changed my mind on um and felt was wrong so for the longest time um i believed what demonstrated someone was a a hardcore gamer or someone who was like a gaming like a real gaming enthusiast was the their level of ability or skill um, but then I kind of had to, I think, I don't, it was, I think it was in a, a game by any of the name that I sort of started correcting myself. Um, I kind of realized that that's not the case. So like a, a great game that is a gateway game for a lot of people is Katamari Damacy. I mean, it's not, pati- so good. yeah, it's an oh, excellent man. game. It's super fun. The guy who made it wasn't even, I don't know, was he a proper game? I don't know if he was a proper game designer. He's not now. He just designs children's playgrounds for some reason. Um, but it's excellent. People get into it. And the skill level doesn't mean it's a bad game. And the skill level doesn't mean people who get into it are bad gamers. Um, and then 
what really drove it home for me was um, reflection of Game Center CX with uh, the Kacho Audino. I love it. I love that. Yeah. So Audino is terrible at games. I mean, maybe he's hamming it up a little for the camera, but he's not very good at them. But damned if that man doesn't persevere. Like, he just continuously plays. And whether he gets good or not, that sort of, I think, is the strongest characteristic of someone who is passionate about games. You, whether, I mean, eventually you get better, but you continue to go and you keep pushing. And that sort of takes me back, if I can loop back to the idea of, of why sort of we have the problem with maybe places like Reddit or even Know Your Meme, even though they've actually been very helpful with uh, Gamergate, is that there's this, 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 and the idea of lowering the bar for games is there's this hunger for immediate satisfaction, this, this, I want it now, where when you have anonymous places, anonymous image boards, yeah, you get a lot of, of, of garbage, but if you make the effort, you find those nuggets. And when you don't make the effort for something, you don't really quite appreciate it. I mean, it's, it's and then I'm unwittingly throwing back to my to my first video about about uh, you know people who claim themselves as being a nerd. You have to really make the effort and go the distance to really know what's there. Yeah. Um, like, and even even if you're not a success. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to encapsulate what this I guess not true gamer, but somebody who like a good a virtuous gamer um it's just, it's, it's just a matter of basically passion. it's the opposite of dark side phil it's it's very much an <laughs> attitude it's very much yeah. an attitude and if you had to describe it it would be literally everything unlike what he is he's not actually that he's pretty bad i mean okay he's really he's kind of awful but but at some games is he hamming still, it up as i don't know who but it's that's tangential <laughs> yeah um that he still has some baseline skill if we're mm -hmm. really going to be honest and some games he's he's okay at but that doesn't matter because his attitude is the real right. poison it wouldn't matter if he was just that bad if he didn't if he also kind of exhibited a desire to learn but he has none of that yeah, <laughs> he, there's, there's... he wants them games to lower themselves to him instead of to try to raise himself up to them. And and you get the distinct impression that the only reason he's playing the games is to make the videos of those games. And so it, it's like it, the whole thing is just pointless. <laughs> we could go on about Dark Side Hill, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's so, a, that was a good example. Thank you. Yeah. So I do I do want to read these. Uh, oh, yes, please, Johnny please, please. Sorry. It's part of my, okay. my no, don't. That was a good discussion. Um, okay. So... Bloodborne. Skippy and I have been playing Bloodborne. Um, and we, we could probably talk about that game itself in a little bit, too. But uh, Jonathan McIntosh tweeted, Violence as primary form of engagement is so normalized that I've yet to see a hashtag Bloodborne game critique that even bothers to mention it. And then his next follow-up, Here's a vibrant game world we've created. Now kill everything in it before everything in it kills you. Because video games. Hashtag bored to death. Mm, mm, mm. Now, well, I mean, we could talk about how this guy's a fucking idiot all day, and he is, but, I mean, what really kind of gets my goat here, more than anything else, is just that it's, it's, there is literally no effort given to trying to understand what he's talking about, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the opinion is bad enough on its own, even if he was familiar. But, I mean, the basest understanding of what Bloodborne is and what it's trying to do artistically, and I mean that very strongly, like, it is trying to do something artistic um, in, in its world, that, you know, the the violence of Bloodborne is indivisible from its world. You, It's not just a vibrant world without that horrible darkness yeah. and violence. Mike, I can't hear you over mumble. You can't? Oh, now I can. Okay. Okay, I thought it was just me. Oh, okay. So hopefully people on Google Hangouts can still hear it. Brianna Wu chimed in too, and she was saying that... uh she was basically saying that she was upset that um, people were getting all snobbish about uh, Bloodborne not holding your hand and treating you like an adult. She literally quoted some article where it's where somebody was praising the game for treating you like an adult. And then she took offense to that because it implies that others treat you like a child and that um, all, yeah, all the do are equal in value. They do. And then the sad part was that the, the, the writer of that article wound up um, taking their statement back and, like, apologizing. Oh, the God. Closest the worst tearful apology over Twitter. It was funny. I, but funny in a, in a bleak kind of way. You know, it's it's the exact same thing that drove me crazy when people were criticizing. I think it it mostly happened uh, when Hotline Miami Two was first starting to being be shown. There was this, I, and I've mentioned this before, but there was this. Uh, I think it was PC Gamer article that was supposed to be a preview of the game, and half of it was spent uh, discussing how the rape scene was uncomfortable and should be changed. And it was just like it. it First of all, it was completely missing the point of Hotline Miami's violence. Fictionalized but, rape scene. Yeah, because they were well, fictionalized. Actors. Fictionalized in the fiction of the universe. Yes. Like it's it's two levels of fiction. But I've been over it before. Okay. But my point is that I'm I see a lot of people who criticize Hotline Miami and specifically Hotline Miami Two uh, for just being violent, without like without realizing at all that the violence is central to the art of that game uh, to the point of the game to the, not only to like the message it's trying to send but also just to the experience where you get through a level you've killed everything there's blood everywhere and then the music stops and you see what you've done and and it's kind of a uh it's supposed to be kind of this realization for the player and uh that's that's neat and bloodborne has a little bit of a similar idea of there's this ultra violence and it's Mm -hmm. kind of, I I haven't played through a whole lot of it. I've kind of just gotten through like the first couple bosses, but already I've seen this kind of, uh, it's obviously central around blood. Blood is like the, the souls of this game, literally. And that's, that's the story. That's the central driving point of the whole universe that it's built. And, and, and it's the style of the game. And it's just, when you just criticize it for being violent, uh, you're completely ignoring the fact that the violence is is central to what the game actually is trying to be, and and it, it, it you you can compare it to God of War and crap, but it's not it's it, there's more to it than that, and 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 they just refuse to see that because all they see is violence, and that it drives me crazy. You see, Skip, they failed to see that because I'm pretty sure they didn't play the game. Yeah, they don't care. And that's what that's the cynicism of it that gets me. That they 
don't know anything about it, but it's the most popular game that came out this week, so they're going to talk about it. It's no accident that Jonathan McIntosh and Brianna Wu tweeted about it at roughly the same time, and I don't think that it's because they talked to each other beforehand. I think they both just kind of gravitate toward that uh, the uh, carpe diem philosophy of gaming drama, where you latch on to whatever opportunity for attention that you can. And this week it was Bloodborne. But that stuff aside... Actually, if I can jump can't in... T- you can, because I'm about to start getting positive now. So if we're still going to stay in the negative <laughs> mode, then, then we, no, no, we should No, no, I, I was just going to say, it's it's... And without even playing Bloodborne, I mean, it's only on PS4, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so not without even playing Bloodborne, it's like, I know just from the fact that you play a hunter and you collect blood and from previous Souls games, and then, you know, with Hotlines, like, that the point's the theme. The theme is the violence. They're trying to tackle it. So it's actually being mature, mm-hmm. and it's trying to be tasteful about it, but they're just so... I don't know. I don't know if obsequious is the right word, but they're just so oblivious to it. it's like no, you've missed the point. It's like people criticizing a Clockwork Orange for being violent. It's it's <laughs> absurd yeah. and it completely yeah. misses the point. You know, and and people do do that all the time, and 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 it's it's just like they're so far missing the point. They're they're right. so far from critics. It's it's unbelievable, and and it wouldn't piss me off if they if so many people didn't listen to them. But they they they, they get a lot of attention, and they get a lot of positive attention too. And that's just ah. Well, please please Mike, positivity, please guide us. So, I actually finished Bloodborne now twice. Uh, well, you finished it twice. Yeah. Are, are you winning, son? Um, actually, okay. Technically, I haven't finished the second playthrough. I'm at I'm right before the final boss, but I've been intentionally delaying that so that I can grind through the um optional like online dungeons cuz what I'm doing is I'm already like um 2 or 3000 words into a review of it that I'm going to be making and it's because Matthew Matosa said that he's not reviewing it. I feel like I've got a lot to say about that game, so I'll try to fill that. Going to take his spot. I, you, if you make a video can on you, it, you have to introduce it in the same way that Matthew. Oh yeah, that's to. already written. That's already written in the script. Can you talk? Can you yeah. talk for two and a half hours? Um, two and a half hours. I mean, um, he doesn't um, talk that long. Oh, that. Oh, his Demon Souls commentary. No, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be it's more like one of his his. Well, actually, he does have a two hour and forty minute Demon Souls commentary. There so I thought that's what you were talking about, but um. But yeah, it'll probably be about half an hour, um, maybe, you know, give or take a few minutes. But that game is, oh my god, I, I haven't played a video game like that in so long. Like, I it, it's been a while since I've been able to get just that excited and just joyful, joy in me heart about a video game. It's really good. It's so nice. And I would be, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I... Um, spoiled for the few people here um, with some of the turns it takes, but it it does manage to get even more complicated than um, just hunters and blood and violence. It makes it um, even darker, and I don't know. I guess I was skeptical at first because they w- they were talking about it being a horror game. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was going to be, you know, Miyazaki said that it was going to take more cues from horror than maybe action or fantasy. 
And I thought that was just kind of like a pleasant bit of lip service almost. Like, wow, the setting is darker. There's some horrible looking creatures. But it, it actually does get legitimately not scary. I mean, there's not jump scares. It's not that kind of horror. It's... I don't want to even spoil the genre of horror, but it gets chilling. Like, it chills your your heart. Some of the things that happen and just yeah. some of the, the concepts that it flirts with. It's, it's really interesting. And I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting it to be really good because it's Miyazaki and he's a master at making these sorts of games. But I wasn't at all expecting it to be unquestionably better than Dark Souls 1. But that's what it's shaping up to be. I mean, as a PvE experience at least, I haven't um, been able to sink much into the PvP at all yet, so I can't speak for that yet. But the level design and the, the concepts, the bosses, all of it is just... Yeah, I I want to talk about my first impressions real quick, just kind of go through, like, because I've played it probably five hours, probably. Um, and... For the first two hours, I just more and more started to despise the game. I was not having fun. By by the end of that two-hour segment, I was just sitting there like, I'm not having fun, and I'm only getting through this to say that I got through like the first part of the game so that I can say I don't like it. Um, and then... I, right when I got through that first area where it's, it's a very long first area with like tons of enemies and I'm still not a huge fan of it, but I'm starting to warm up to the idea of it. Um, but it, it, what it weapon takes did you pick. That's what I, 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 I chose the wrong weapon. First of all, I chose the ax and I did not like it at all. I did not like its attacks. And then I finally got the cane and I love the cane. That, that, that thing is so much fun. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, that was, that was one of the main things that was keeping me going. Cause I was like, maybe I just, I'm not having the right experience that I should be. I also unlocked the gate or whatever. Like I got through that first area in the longest route you can possibly take to get there. Like I just, there's like a lot of shortcuts along the way that you can take. And I didn't find any of them. Uh, <laughs> even though I was like, I thought I was exploring every nook and cranny, but then like, as I kept going, I was like, oh shit, that's a shortcut right there. And then like, I just started noticing more and more. And But I do love that level design. It's giving you that, like you said this last week, it's giving you that feeling that you get from Dark Souls 1 from the first bonfire, like over and over and over and over, where you, you, you climb up a ladder and you're like, oh shit, I'm here. Uh, and I, I, I love that. But uh, once I got through that first area, I was just my opinion of it changed. It flip-flopped completely. I was like, holy shit, I'm actually really enjoying this. And I, I started getting better at it, obviously. And, and, uh, and I actually beat that... Uh, First of all, god damn it, this is how fucking confused I was in that first area. <laughs> I didn't find the first boss until well until I found the third boss. The, so, what? I, yeah, so Wait, you're talking about the cleric beast? The cleric beast, the one on the bridge. Didn't well, find him. Actually, all. that boss is totally optional. I know he is because ne- he's just never in the corner. But I feel like most people find him and I just mm-hmm. Because like I was so pissed to get through those first two were- werewolves on that bridge, like I, I I just ended up throwing fucking molotovs at them until they were dead, and then I and then I took the shortcut and I just never went back there because I was just so <laughs> relieved to get through that area, and I and then I I remembered as I was fighting one of the 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 third boss, I was like oh shit, there was this this area that I never even went to because I was just kind of fed up with it or whatever, and uh, but I beat I beat it on my first try because I'm probably way over the. <laughs> <laughs> the level I'm supposed to be, but I also beat Father Gascoigne yeah, or whatever. Uh, I beat him on my first try, and apparently he's really hard. But I, he's not hard. I didn't okay, think so. I didn't think so For either. Me, it was cleric beast on first try, and then I got 
I got killed by Gascoigne once, and then I killed him a second time. These, I, I, I haven't had much trouble. Like, Blood Starved Beast was one try for me. Um, Vicar Amelia took a couple, a couple more, but um, for the most part, I don't know if it's actually easier, because I, I'm th- starting to see people have a little more difficulty with it, even people who've played a lot of these games. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't seem too hard. For, I, I really am kind of... I'm really liking the new combat. You have to completely change your mindset, and that didn't happen for me for a while. Um, I, I understood the concept of like shooting someone as a repost and stuff like that, but I, I just there's something about and, and and having the axe just killed it for me. If I had that cane, I probably would have been much better off because there's so much variety in its attacks. But with the axe, you're kind of doing a medium uh, a medium speed swing, no matter what style your 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 uh, axe is in. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I had to figure out like, okay, this is this is how you play the game, and this is how I need to change the the way I play it. And then um, and then I started to love the world too because that first, that whole first area is a little bit boring for me. I didn't love it. I didn't love the style of it. Um, You'll like it more later. I'm already liking it more as I go through it, and I, I noticed that there's more and more variety and. I, I, you get that strong impression that you're really just exploring this huge city and and finding every like little nook and cranny of it. I I I feel like it's very fleshed out and it's it's way more. It's just so much more logical than I thought it would be. Like I thought that there was just going to be these linear paths, but there mm-hmm. there's yeah. so much connectivity in the in the whole world, and I I love it so far. So Mark, I know that you don't actually have a Bloodborne, but you've played Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Both of them? Okay. So, yeah, I've, I've played Demon's Souls, Dark Souls, and Dark Souls 2. <laughs> what was your thing of Dark Souls 2? It was easier than all of them. Is that, that those are your only thoughts about Dark Souls 2? Um, the level <laughs> design was a bit funnier. Funny. It was funnier. Not, That's not how I it would was, describe it. It was not as laid out. As yeah. I would have liked it, it to be. It sucked shit. I hated the level design in Dark Souls 2. I hated it. I despised well, it. <laughs> I have to be careful sometimes. Because they will melt together. Especially Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2. I don't uh, know how that. No. Not Dark at all Souls, for me. Dark Souls was Fire Shrine, right? Yes. Yeah. And then Dark Souls 2. What is like your... It's the fucking cliff edge thing. With the right. woman that says the same four lines over and over. Shenala. Yes. Okay. Right came back to me i i totally forgive i I totally understand you completely forgetting that area because it's there's nothing redeeming about it whatsoever right yeah no it's 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 layout was not anywhere as strong as uh, fire shrine when you're on it oh in a windmill that you can see the top of oh and you go up and out you you go up an elevator and then you're in like some fucking volcano castle with endless volcano land around you Oh boy! They could have established it as being like this really weird dimensional thing where like the level was on purpose. It didn't make sense, but they were obviously not going for that. They just didn't put any thought into it whatsoever. Like because there there are some areas where you can look across and see the other area as if it makes logical sense, but the distance you travel doesn't make any sense, and it's not even in the right like angles and shit. Like, just god damn it! They totally blew that. Like you could tell. That whatever the team was that made Dark Souls and made B-team. a wonderful, yeah, yeah, whatever the team was that made the, especially the level design of Dark Souls, might have just gone straight to Bloodborne and completely ignored Dark Souls too because there's just none yeah. of that. It, it pissed me off. Like, was... it, it actually gets me frustrated. 
That was, was the reason I asked you, Mark, about Dark Souls 2, because if you thought it, the design of that one was a little funny, to use your word, <laughs> uh, Bloodborne's design is basically the polar opposite. Like, the what what was so fascinating to me is, like, the bridges, when you first open the door to the city and you see the bridges, those aren't decoration or part of the skybox. Those are parts of the environment that you will walk to and cross, mm-hmm. and, and they serve a purpose, and they go somewhere. And the, the arches and some of the houses and little pathways that you can see, like, up on the, the corners. And you can go everywhere. And all of it connects. It's it's so dense. It's, like, Demon Souls was really nice um, in a lot of its levels. That, like, within, I remember the Valley of Defilement had a lot of that kind of thing. Where you, you can, um, I just remember that area being really, really tightly connected. And it, this is, like, that but turn to 11. I like that. I really like strong design. Um, I was, I just, rem- I remembered, a, I'll share a story. Uh, Skip's venture into Bloodborne reminds me, I think of my first time I played Demon's Souls. When I, I had not played any, I just knew it was hard, but I didn't know exactly how it played when I first played Demon's Souls. Um, and if anyone's listened to me before, they probably heard the story. I chose the Wanderer class. Because I love the, the archetype of like the hero who just comes into town, <laughs> kicks ass, saves the day. And they're like, who was that? We don't know. We don't know who he was. Just, <laughs> we never heard his name. He didn't, he didn't, you know, we didn't get to thank him. He just, he was just a badass and he left. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to be the wanderer. I'm just, I'm just that cool. And I didn't know how to play Demon Souls yet. So... I, 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 you know, I get to the, I get into the, I don't remember what, Bulletary Castle, the first, the first level. And I'm running around, you know, with my, with my max dexterity. And I have my leather armor, which is not very strong and no shield. And as a wanderer, you're supposed to dodge all the time. Um, and I don't know the level. <laughs> and I don't know what's looking around every corner. And I died so many part of my language fucking times uh hey we don't we don't curse on here yeah um and i it, it's and i and, and like I, a friend was telling me oh it's so great you gotta play demon souls and i was playing to the point where i had this like dull full brain headache <laughs> and my face fell hot i didn't get angry because i don't really Fritz display anger hot. anymore my face was hot like my body wanted to express anger and then I remember I stood and I was like, I need to stop playing this game for today. Like, and then I went back and played it and then eventually, but I got the hang of it because I started to understand how to play. And I just, it, your experience was reminding me of that. It's just where you don't quite understand the game yet. And you've regrettably made like the worst possible choice. Yeah. And that's a criticism that I, I have had of like, if I ever choose one thing that was my biggest criticism of the entire Souls series. It would be the fact that, and a lot of people like this about it, but I don't. It would be the fact that they don't explain anything to you. They don't. I I I like that to an extent, but like especially with Dark Souls, I tried to get into Dark Souls uh, blind. I tried just don't reference any guides or anything like that. And the whole magic system, the pirate, all that stuff is never explained. Like, you, oh, you just, well, there's your problem. You play with magic. I never well, played I didn't, magic. I, no, I didn't play with magic. I never what are any... you, an elf? <laughs> I didn't. Play I, with but magic. the thing is, like, that's a major part of the game that I completely never looked at because I didn't 
know how to work it, and I didn't want to sit there and, and try to learn it. For, well, you here, know. here you go. Are you a wuss? <laughs> when it comes Are to Souls games, I'm a little I'm... bit of a wuss, I guess. But also, well, that's, like, what, that's your problem. You're using magic. <laughs> I, I spent hours and hours and hours trying to defeat the, the gargoyles on the bell tower because I didn't know. I was playing like a heavy class that uses a shield, Get and strong. I didn't know. Well, I didn't know that shields could block fire, and I had like I, there was there's nothing in the UI or there is there's a little fire symbol with a but like it, it logically you can't figure out what that means unless you already have know mm-hmm. what it means you know like you, you have that back and it'll tell you yeah you just press the select button you read over uh, yeah your... yeah I just well I, it's interesting it, that you say that you picked the wrong choice or that you didn't think that the choice you made was right or I forget exactly how you phrased it. But I, I would choose the wrong. I would say it was the, the most wrong choice. The, the axe. That, no, not difficult. Just okay. wrong. It's just not fun. Like the axe, just to me, is not a fun weapon. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like the move set. But the general consensus is that the axe is the the most overpowered starting weapon. That that or the saw cleaver. That the threaded cane probably poses the most challenge. So it's interesting that you you enjoy the threaded. Yeah, cane but I I value so, having fun over. Because like the thing is, the reason that I was struggling with it is because I wasn't having fun, and this is the, this is a killer yeah. for these kinds of games. Where the less fun you start having, the less you start trying, and the worse you start doing, and the less fun you, it's a it's a it's an endless cycle. Just you try just to get be, through just, it quicker, and you, you just fail. be honest, Skip. Just be honest. You had more fun because you were wearing a big hat and carrying a cane. I, I yes, <laughs> carrying the cane that turns into a whip. Made it and wearing a big hat significantly more fun. I don't wear a big hat actually. I I stayed with the little hunter's cap with the feathers oh, okay. on the back. I started um, rolling with the um the Ludwig's holy sword, the one that's like a a very small sword that sheathes into like a great sword. Oh yeah, I saw that. Well. That one's so cool. I like that one. Um, it's the weapons are so good. I I found a cannon. It's a cannon. You, in, the gun is a cannon. <laughs> yeah. Like a full cannon. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's I, fucking I, awesome. I love the weapon design because everyone is completely unique and, and actually interesting. Like, that's not ever... It was never a criticism I had of the Souls games that the weapons were boring. But but now, you, if you look back at them in comparison to the Bloodborne weapons, they are going to be boring because it's just like, here's a giant sword and here's a giant hammer. And now it's like really creative stuff that's very fun to use and very interesting and just god damn they they just they got they nailed every little it's the little things that they really got right and that's what really matters when your your base game is already decent mm-hmm. you know you're, you've already got a good base to build from but when they started just focusing on all those little details on getting the weapons just awesome every single weapon needs to be awesome and 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 the level needs to be intricately designed and and they just they they completely nailed it i i love it so far i can't wait to to, to, like i i was playing it before this podcast and part of the reason that i didn't i couldn't finish my dinner in time to start this (laughs) podcast because i was playing bloodborne and (laughs) didn't realize what time it was i like i i just remembered that we did agree last week that saying that it was lovecraft inspired wasn't too big a spoiler and that we were willing to talk about it um the lengths that it goes to there are probably the best that's been that's been handled in a video game it's it's incredible it's something i didn't it actually expect. works together with the gameplay yeah spectacularly like the the really weird genuinely unsettling like glimpses at inscrutable truths and just madness from even being able to partially see 
just what's slightly above. Like, the item descriptions are actually interesting. I never cared so much for reading. I mean, I thought the stories were kind of interesting. Like, the lull in um in Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Those were interesting stories, but... I'm actually like pouring over every one of these item descriptions. And I'm actually kind of interested to see if uh, Vadi, our good friend Vadi Vidya, is going to be able to, I guess, pull off the the types of lore videos that he's been doing. I mean, it seems like a friend Vadi Vidya. If you think the lore of, of, of Lordran, like his voice. It, it kind of lends itself to stories of quiet dignity. True. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if he'll be able to... A lot of there's people a find boss, this fight difficult. There's a boss later um, with a really great voice. And that's all I'll say. But that voice, if anybody in the chat's familiar, that would be perfect. It's this kind of mad, crazy, like... That's the kind of voice I think these stories need almost. I just don't. I don't know if. Uh, it's if calling you out, Vadi. Calling you out. Yeah, it's I'm not a challenge. Saying he can't, it's an open I'm challenge. I'm not saying he can't do it. Step it up. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm it's goofing. Just... Don't worry. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm making oh, a joke. I know. I know you're goofing. I okay. You're goofing. But I'm. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not doubting his ability to do it. Really. I guess I am a little bit. But I don't know. I think it remains to be seen if he'll be able to capture that tone because it's a very very different tone well it just than, depends on his presentation yeah it does i i like like with his other videos i mean most of the analysis is secondhand that yeah. he's he's kind of compiling bits that other people have have discovered yeah it, i i i think that i i don't think it's coincidence just that he had the right kind of style for the videos that that fit with the style of dark souls because he was put he's putting on that voice you know it's not a natural voice to him and so i think pretty sure I, it is i don't think it is i i, I don't pretty know maybe sure. i mean maybe it is but it, it, i think he comes from like a special clan of people in australia <laughs> i think that's what it is a, a soft-spoken uh region I I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they I, live in the one part of the outback that has trees and forests. And yeah, yeah, the the jungle of Australia. The Correct. um, he he is very good at 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 you know putting on the storyteller voice and stuff. And I, I I'm interested to see if he does try to change his style up or if it's become kind of his thing now and he'll he'll just stick with it. But all I know is already like just from the beginning of the game, uh, the lore is is ripe for the plucking you know like yeah. I, he you can really go into it i think and and uh i i it was something i it was something i knew they had potential with for this victorian era you know i i hate to say this but kind of werewolfy stuff uh it, it's something that that had potential but i felt like could be really generic but so far it's not generic at all and uh yeah. and and i've been really impressed with kind of they're making a world even though it's based on just this 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 generic seeming victorian era almost steampunky kind of thing they've made it their own and and uh i've been very impressed with that what what's impressed me and what i wasn't expecting i mean when before this came out i thought okay well they're gonna probably do some more lore or backstory kind of stuff um and maybe that'll be richer than dark souls maybe it won't but what I wasn't expecting is for the kind of like in the moment plot story 
to be so good. And so, I mean, it's not like a, a main story that you follow, but like the NPCs that you meet and physically talk to and their storylines that happen while you're there, as opposed to the stories that you learn about in the past, those are the best they've ever been in any of these games. They're, they're really incredible. Um, some of the best in computer games. Uh, even the even one of the boss battles kind of tells a little story within just the battle itself, which is I, I love that. I anything that merges gameplay and story, I love. And so it's just like the fact that the boss gets different a, as he goes, and it tells this little story of him losing his humanity is is I, it's really cool. I I, I I think that's like a microcosm of their uh, general uh, approach to to their world building. And uh, it's it's really effective. Did you um, did you find the uh, the item in that boss's room? Yes. Okay. And and yeah, I I went through that little storyline, and it's it's heart wrenching. There's, there's more. There's more left. Good. I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that it's a it's a really good story. There was one thing that I I got spoiled when I watched your your uh, stream. That's really good, and it involves uh, opening a door to discover something inside of a room, and and. It, it, I don't know if that's enough hint for you, but I don't want to spoil it because it was a really cool moment that I'm I'm looking forward to because I wasn't paying full oh, attention. Jeez, oh, thanks, Skip. I know. I think I know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Did you you mean the um the abandoned workshop? I I, I don't know. I wasn't paying enough attention to find out. I just I know that you. I I I I, I literally just kind of heard you react to it and looked over and kind of got the gist of it but i have no idea when it happens or like any of the context and i don't want to know because it, it seems like such a cool moment so i'm not gonna okay. i don't want to go into any more detail because i'm afraid I, it would spoil it for someone else about, though i do there's so so many moments like that like that that is just one of many honestly yeah i it's so hard to talk about this game first of all because we got a guest who we greatly appreciate who hasn't played oh that's it. cool go ahead spoil it I'm all about. <laughs> I'm. I'm and, not. So don't. And yeah, and because I don't want to spoil it, I have to kind of talk about it almost as cryptically as the NPCs in the game talk about things. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ironic. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I guess that's all I got to say about Bloodborne for now. Yeah. I mean, I we, this will be an ongoing discussion because I'm going to be playing more and more of it and it's probably going to be a little bit of a slow burn for me because i just don't have all that much free time to play it so uh yeah expect expect more discussion about that um all right so moving on let's move to zelda so we got two things going on with zelda the first is that uh zelda u was delayed i think it's a good sign um what what was that miyamoto quote i don't want to butcher it do you remember oh like? I think I remember it. It's um okay. Uh, a bad game is bad for no. I don't remember it. Something like a bad game is bad forever. A good game, I I can't remember it. Bad game's bad. Game, good game's good. A delayed game is good eventually, and a bad game is bad forever. Or a rush game is bad forever. Something yeah. like that. So, yeah. But it's a really good quote, even if I can't remember it verbatim. That the idea of it, um, and. The fact that we're seeing Zelda get delayed, I, I mean, from what they showed in that the Game Awards, uh, off-screen footage, it looked pretty bare. You could tell it was pretty early. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's probably a good thing. Yeah, you you I, got the quote mostly. It's a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad. 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I, I, I agree that, like, god damn it, I, I'm split here, because on the one hand, I never want a game to come out rushed and, and, and lose its full potential because of that. On the other hand, every fucking major release is getting delayed these days. Like, it's just an expected thing. The first release date that they announce is not going to be the final. Like, it, it just, they're always going to be delayed, and it's, it's driving me at crazy. Least, and, at least and, if the game is going to be any good. I don't think it's necessarily the fault of the developers as much as maybe the publishers putting unrealistic expectations on the developers, but like it needs to stop. I'm tired of it. Like I, I just, it's, it's, it's something that I've come to expect now and it's, it's obnoxious. I, I hate it, but I, I totally agree that like, I would much rather them delayed Zelda than, than it be, uh, than it be rushed and, and, and not, not live up to its full potential. That would, that would be really sad. You must well, meditate. You must meditate and find your center grasshopper. Oh, speaking of, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to sing Bloodborne's praises anymore. This is going to be super quick. Um, but this was actually <laughs> this was actually a pretty big deal. So there was a glitch um, where if you did co-op in a certain part, you would just be completely unable to progress. An item that you needed just wouldn't spawn, and you would be stuck forever. Wow, that's an ace severity non-prog right there. <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> oh, sorry. That's that's. I test games. That's my job. Oh, oh okay i didn't oh, know that okay. a severe okay so a level non-progression non-progression yeah. okay yeah yeah so yeah that's what it was they patched it today but i mean it was pretty pretty egregious <laughs> like I, yeah I also the loading times goddamn god fucking the damn it are bad. Uh, they bad. patched it while i was playing today well actually god damn that it, this was, was actually it, the I, patch wasn't for the load times oh, did, you, did you see them did you see them in the game like tap nailing the patch to the wall well kind of because <laughs> i was playing the game and, it, and i didn't know that it did this but it apparently updates in the background and then it says like you can restart to to finish the update or whatever and i thought that was good way to go next generation consoles but what wasn't so good was a few minutes later when it said that i disconnected from the wi-fi and it completely shut down the game just yeah it just sent me to the dashboard because i disconnected that was it like what why uh, it doesn't make I, that that was stupid. I, I I was not happy about that, and it's not like a downloaded game either. Like it's not a DRM thing because I've got the disc in yeah. the in the console. I I don't know. I, that that was dumb. Okay. Anyway. So yeah, we swear that's less less for Bloodborne today. Um, so this is fucking great news. As, <laughs> as mixed news as uh as I guess it's largely a good thing. It's only bad in as much as we get it later, but. The Zelda show, the Legend of Zelda television it's program canceled? that they were producing uh, on Netflix, allegedly, was confirmed fake. Oh, yeah, apparently it just wow. wasn't a thing. That is such good news. I want to say, I told you so. I, I caught it. I caught it. I said that there's no way that they would do something like that. Well, I didn't say there was no way. I said it was possible, but I was like, ah, it's so skeptical because skeptical it doesn't make any sense. I, I can't see anyone going through with that. And it, it is surprising, though, because it was like a Wall Street Journal article. Like, it was a really, like, it seemed like a legit thing, but um, yeah, yeah apparently it just never happened. So there was no way there was no Oof. way that was going to possibly be don't good. trust those journalist kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't even know where it came from but it, it was I, yeah i don't know they never announced like what the source was and that's part of the ambiguity of it but but generally like the wall street journal is a pretty respected publication so i, I you know and it's not a gaming publication so you expect them to be a little 
Five bucks says that they, said that, that they say they read it on Reddit. <laughs> it might it might have been just like uh, something that maybe they were talking about at some point and uh, through you know the telephone game basically of like well she said she said kind of thing like it became more than it for is Nintendo yeah yeah that's that's probably what it was the the yeah. the writer of the article his his uncle worked for Nintendo <laughs> uh, yeah they, no that's that is a relief I'm, I'm looking at it shit. now I'm trying to see how they sourced it um, developing a live action series. They probably just said an anonymous source. source. It? He doesn't say probably an anonymous not. source. Well, Netflix usually with something like that, be, it's anonymous because Netflix is said to be working closely with Nintendo. Said to there's be nothing. There's nothing. That is there's yeah. nothing. Well, you no. wouldn't, but you wouldn't expect there to be anything when it's a. I mean, that's a leak. You know, you don't. Nobody. There can't be a source because well, it then would, you, then, for someone will get fired. In that case, you say an anonymous source. Yeah, yeah, and, you, and you the, do. And, and the reporter still has to verify it themselves. A, a source close to the, you know, whatever. But it, yeah, I'm just glad. It, I'm just glad it's not true. Because <laughs> yeah. fuck that. Hallelujah. Okay. So with that, uh, with that piece of good news out of the way, the tragedy of the century, and if we can cross ourselves for a moment, PlayStation Home. Finally biting the dust. I know that so many of you um, lovingly use PlayStation Home and um, have, have poured countless hours into perfecting your online avatar in the PlayStation universe. But If they did, then they poured lots of I'm money sorry. into it too. It's, it's just a real tragedy. I'm, I'm sad to see it go. Uh, but I hear, that, uh, I hear that our special guest has some has some first-hand experience with this game. Yeah, and I want to hear a little bit about it. I'm going to let him talk, but the thing is, it was so dumb that I thought I could have sworn that I haven't played this, but I actually had, like, years ago, (laughs) and just completely forgot. Repressed it. You repressed it out of your memory. Okay, so, Mark, tell us about PlayStation Home. Tell us about why it's your favorite game. It's not a game. Tell us about why it's your favorite Experience piece of media it's a human experience no um playstation home for those who just could not bother to remember because i can't blame you um was sony's answer to the me no i'm sorry was sony's answer to second life the weird sort of avatars that you get on xbox which were the answer to the me um but they just completely missed the idea and they it yeah it's it felt kind of like second life in that you had these weird quasi realistic looking people who moved really funny um and then you had your own house and you could decorate it and you could buy clothes uh but it was like it was cash shop on the level of little big planet it was just absurd i i didn't play it i saw my brother he's like it's like well i'll try it out and i was watching it and they would always have like promotional things for like some movie or whatnot. Yeah, apparently there was this really shameless advertising. Oh yeah, it's amazing. It was some poor person's job to develop these sponsored pieces of content in this game that nobody plays. It must have been just like the most soul crushing thing to do. <laughs> other than that, I think the only other time I've heard about PlayStation Home. So like when my, that, my brother had done that like when it first came out. Uh, beyond that, I had only other only other time i heard of it was like i think chris chan liked to play it 
Like he would, he would hold. That sounds like his kind of game. Yeah, that's. He would hold special little conferences to talk about Sonichu. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it reminded Sorry, me. Sorry, I took us to a dark place. Yeah, there. that was. Uh, it reminded me a it's lot. It's a fun of, place, though. I yeah, sure. I um, <laughs> I was reminded of Gmod Tower. Did y'all ever like experience no. that? Tower. Gmod Tower. It was a mod for Gmod, of which there are many. Um, in which you. It was just like I guess it was a skyscraper. I never, I like, I never really played much of it, but I kind of just got the gist of it. It's like you join a server of a bunch of people, and it's like this skyscraper thing with like a lot of rooms in it. So there's like a theater room, and there's an apartment, and there's da 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 all sorts of stuff. It's like an arcade or whatever, and you walk around doing whatever you want to do in this tower. Like you can like put YouTube videos on in the theater and just random crap like that. It's like a social thing. And I think that was around before PlayStation Home was. I think PlayStation Home was actually kind of copying that idea, but didn't. I mean, not that not that GMod Towers perfectly executed executed or anything, but apparently PlayStation was a real shit show. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 just real sad that that we're having to see it go. And as a commenter said, we're now now all uh, PlayStation Homeless. So damn, you know. Yeah, truly a tragedy. Um... It will be missed. What a boring fact. Well, bam. <laughs> News. Like, well, I like, added that, and I'm sorry but, for. No, I God. like that it's there because it just it's it's a unique feeling. Just, uh, yeah, th- this is true. This happened. What I miss? Um, yeah. Anyway, home people. So, what's left to talk about? Rip in peace. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, we can we can end it pretty soon if you want. Yeah, we could. Um, because we do have a guest on. Um, and like most of the time, we've been trying to cut down on the questions at the end because it's usually a core group of people here, and they've been here enough times that they don't really have new questions for us. But if you have any questions for Mark, now would be a good time to ask him. Yeah, that's. I didn't even think about that. Didn't even think about chat. Sorry, chat. <laughs> There's a chat. Uh, it's just like the the side of. Here, it's this. Yeah, it's on the YouTube page. Um, in this the meantime, we don't have to read you the. the yeah. Questions. In the meantime, I'll talk about a little bit of what I I did this week. It was actually uh, my birthday last weekend. Oh, I'm really? 24. I'm the sad age of 24, and. Um, God, I don't know. I, I I'll I'll just kind of briefly say like, first of all, I I did something really cool over the weekend that I I wanted to mention, which is I got to shoot various types of guns and weaponry. I saw that, uh, and it was really cool. Um, I I in my opinion, the coolest one was a nine millimeter uh, AR fifteen with a silencer and a red dot scope. Um, it was really awesome, and it's really surprising how much the red dot actually like helps with how like, you can just quickly and accurately aim and so there were like these targets that were set up those little steel targets that flip down mm-hmm. there were like five of them you could just do 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 and hit it every single time just like that quick um just because the red dot is just so easy to use and that was just such a cool experience and then uh there was a uh five five six ar-15 that we didn't have a silencer for i don't know how much the silencer would do on that weapon that thing uh, is very loud uh that one had a hollow scope on it which was also neat um, and surprisingly accurate, and uh, and then there uh, we there was also the same silencer. We put it on a a Glock and shot that a few times, and 
it was all around a grand old time. Uh, really had a lot of fun. And, uh, and also, uh, I just want to say WrestleMania 31 was awesome. And it was really fun to watch. And if you didn't watch it, you really missed out. All right. It was great. <laughs> WrestleMania 31, it blew away my expectations. I had no idea it was going to be this good of a show. Seth hey. Rollins cashed in the money in the bank briefcase in the, in the main hey. event. Stole the belt away from Brock hey, Lesnar. Great stuff. Anyway, what, hey, what's up? Hey, Skip. Wrestling's fake. Uh, it is real to me. <laughs> hey, Skip. Hey. So, uh, Wrestling's so ha- fake. Tell us more about WrestleMania, though. That's well, there's. I here. don't want. I don't want to go into WrestleMania because there are it's now questions. Real. There are now questions for our guests in the chat that seem like they're pretty good. So, uh, or maybe I don't know. I haven't. <laughs> but there are definitely questions in chat, and I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> Who won, Skippy? Wrestling's uh, it, fake. John Cena did win against Rusev. And Rusev came out in the tank. This John is so Cena ended up. John Cena ended up winning that, which was uh, hugely it's disappointing. It's a soap opera for men. Nobody wanted to see John Cena he win, even if you, even if he was fighting for the United States Championship. Nobody wanted to see John Cena win against Rusev. That was just a bunch of bullshit. But what happened with Roman Reigns? Uh, it was a it was a Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match. Uh, Brock Lesnar had the belt. Uh, was much more powerful than Roman Reigns. People were afraid that they were going to get Roman Reigns to win against him, even though it doesn't really make any sense. It was a big fear that the fans had, and so everyone was booing Roman Reigns, and they kind of beat the crap out of each other for like 10 minutes, and then like they were both lying in the ring, like bleeding and shit, like they'd just beaten the shit out of each other, and then Seth Rollins comes in, and he's got the Money in the Bank briefcase, which you can cash in at any time to fight the guy with the belt. Uh, He cashes it in, pins Roman Reigns, because it now became a three-way match, Pins Roman Reigns, and so he gets Brock Lesnar's belt because he won the match. And that was how it ended, and it was a big deal. Uh, And Brock Lesnar is now, you know, he didn't actually get pinned, so he hasn't technically lost the belt from losing. Like, he hasn't directly lost a match, so now he has some beef. But then on Raw, he flipped over the announcer table and then uh, and then f 5 one of the announcers in the ring and got suspended indefinitely from the WWE. So, uh, exciting times Is that how they did his retirement? I uh, no, he's not retiring because he's already in like a contract for the next couple of years. I think I, it's just a storyline thing. Oh, I see, I see. He, he's probably he probably won't be back for like another couple months or something like that. But then he'll make a big return or whatever. But it's gonna be good. It's gonna be great. If you missed out, you should you should uh, watch WrestleMania 31. It was great. <laughs> I'm so, sorry, I'm, ha- I'm having fun with the chat. So We're saying asked, we have. Yeah, they really love wrestling in the chat. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Go for it. That's why people listen. So somebody asked you, Mark. Um, what's what are your plans for the future with your channel? Uh, make more videos. So I saw someone had asked, like, am, am I have I run out of things to say, or what's up? So yeah, no. Um, I have a full time job now, and it's contract. So whenever the contract runs out, I'll have more time. Uh, we're currently doing split shifts, so that means I wake up at four in the morning, and then I work like the middle of the day. And when we get into overtime, it's gonna get even uglier. Nice. So, um, I'm trying to do that. Trying, trying to make more videos. Trying to produce some art. Um, and maybe try and get some articles written for GYP. And then also play video games because I kind of need to play those. And then do like NORP functions, like my taxes and stuff. Is uh, is testing games as soul crushing as people make it out to be 
because I've heard it's I, I I've heard people just act like it's a nightmare and it doesn't sound like like that bad of a job to me <laughs> like it's certainly not like the dream job that some people make it out to be like oh you get to play video games all yeah, it still works so, but it so seems that, all right that movie mama's boy or grandma's boy or whatever yeah, it's yeah. called is a complete lie <laughs> that is not how it works what a surprise yeah um it can be tedious office work but my body is 90 percent video games so i'm sick enough that i enjoy it yeah definitely sure um yeah no no it's not for everyone a lot of people will do it and then they hate video games afterwards understandably because they've been staring at the same game for the last nine months if they're lucky uh or unless unless they test mobile then they're seeing a bunch of games really fast now that would be soul crushing oh yeah mobile testing is a it's a different animal i can tell you guys more about that sometime i saw there was other questions though and i and i want to make sure i can i get everyone's answers but yeah, I, um, I have two more videos uh, that I want to get done soon. Uh, one is the much uh, spoken about uh, by design of Half-Life 2. The script is about 70% written. Uh, once that's done, I can record it and then just grab all my clips, that which won't be a problem. The other one is related to social matters, uh, i.e. something I call status warriors. Uh, I feel it's kind of time I can probably approach that topic, but that's probably going to be after the by design and that'll take me a little bit of time cool and so, so you just, what was the other question that you saw uh hold on there's the i right, will scroll through i lost it new video when so yeah soon hopefully sorry sorry i can't give you a better answer um, what's my next video i answered that the Valve approach to video outside making. Outside of games, Spoon asks. Who am I? Nobody important yet. Probably not ever. <laughs> uh, somebody asked, do you make money off making art for an advert firm? Or is that you do video gamey things IRL? So, yeah, my, my tester job is where I get most of my income. My freelance uh, art is not a, a big thing. Um, you got to know the right people. And because I'm a uh, a pallo, pallo, a, uh, a sallow-faced recluse who just plays video games all day, I don't go and rub elbows with with all those cool kids at art galleries. So it doesn't really happen. Um, what else is happening? What do I do outside of video games? I work and not and don't sleep enough, and worry the people around me who say I don't sleep enough. How much sleep do you get on average? Um. Anywhere from two and a half to four hours a night. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. I try and make up for it on the weekend. God damn, dude. I'm That's worried about fucked. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people. And I don't drink coffee or or energy drinks or anything. Yeah, a lot of my coworkers are just bewitched. Like, how do you do that? How are you not dead? How are you awake? Have you considered, like, um, like not jumping off of, like, a building or something, <laughs> but... Some low, low surface so that you can knock yourself out for, for at least a few more hours. I'm pretty sure I have, like, chronic insomnia. Mm. That and work ethic that, like, guilts me if I don't feel I've done enough. Um, so, do you, actually, when you test these games, um, do you take it home with you, or... Oh, no, no. Well, I mean, there's some... Uh, okay, well, there's different things. There's, like... There's uh, like companies where 
the testers can test from home, but mm. there's just heavier restrictions on them because they're afraid they'll release information. Um, there's sometimes testing can be outsourced to other countries. I go to an office and I sit down and I play the game and I find whatever functional issue and then I enter it into a database. So basically what I do for my channel, that is like I play a game and I write down little bits of reports and I capture video and I submit it to like a network is what I do at work is what I do at YouTube. It's just, it's yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an interesting comparison. But it's not about fun things. Yeah. It's about, it's about things where the developer will say, not going to fix that. Yeah. I've heard that that's the most frustrating part of a video game tester's life is that he finds all these errors and then you have to like rank their severity or whatever. And basically if they're not like of the utmost importance, then they just get completely ignored. I'm being a little sassy. I mean, most programmers uh, and, and most developers and programmers are good about it. When you get really late in the cycle, and if it's a big bug, if they're afraid it's going to break something to fix that issue, they'll be like, ah, you know what? They're just going to have to deal. Because sometimes they'll try and fix something and it'll break five other yeah. things. Yeah. I've started it's, to it's, wonder this about that a lot. Act. Like, there's a lot of games where it's just like, how does this glitch exist? Like, how do yeah. they not find this? It's like easily repeatable. It happens every single time you go through the level in this way or something like that. But then you start to realize, like, game, making a game is really complicated. There's a lot of right. people involved. There's a lot of factors involved, and 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 it, I'm sure they were very aware that the glitch existed. And there's probably it, a damn it, good it reason could, it's still it in the game. It could have been. It could have been. Um, people weren't doing their due diligence whether it be the testers or the programmers or the devs, and they're just like, we don't care, we just get it out the door, get paid. Or it could have been that that issue occurred in a much, much later build before it went live. And they're yeah. like, and they're like, ah, if we fix this, it might break so many of the things, and then it will never be released. So, like, I know that you're probably under an NDA right. of some kind. But have you gotten to test anything that you've been genuinely excited about? No. Oh, God. Never. <laughs> oh, God. Never. Well, I mean, chances are, when you're talking about the game industry, chances are you're not, like, you're, you're going to be testing these big games that... Nothing? I have, completely... tested, I have tested multiple games, and I have never been excited about them. Are they... Uh, what's the budget of the games that you're testing? Can you at least say that oh, much? Oh, AAA. Yeah. I, I, I can say in the past, I worked for Activision. Okay. Yeah. I, I can I could put together the puzzle pieces right here and and probably assume that you are passing one of a few games that I would also be very not interested in. Yeah. <laughs> um someone else asked me something. They said, Mark, why are you on three podcasts I listen to? <laughs> because I get around. Because you know. watch too many podcasts, man. Go out go outside. Take a deep breath. Enjoy the My, the, the bus I ride just dropped me off at these places. I'm waiting for the bus to come back. <laughs> I should uh, I should actually point out that reminds me that I've I've started getting into actually like really listening to a lot of podcasts and I wanted to mention these guys and I I, I forgot to. Um, it, sorry, this is completely taking away from the guest time, <laughs> but I had to mention this and before I forget, um, I, I I discovered this podcast called the Worst Idea of All Time uh podcast and it is two australian dudes and i don't know who they are or anything i I don't know anything about them but they're two australian dudes who decided one day that they were going to watch the movie grown-ups 2 
every single week and then make a podcast about it every single week. Oh, and, uh, what? And so you follow their descent into delirium as they watch this movie repeatedly for 52 times the worst idea of all time podcast uh the episodes are like 20 or 30 minutes each Holy and shit it is something else man it, I, it, I, i'm on like episode eight right now and they've started talking about like how they think the the the, the movie is like a half written script where they go through it to the halfway point and then they go backwards for the rest of the film and they're talking about these like theories that they've come up with that are like way beyond the, any amount of thought that the actual makers of the movie put into it. it it's could, pretty great. It could only have been worse if you said Jack and Jill. I don't know though. I haven't seen Grown Ups too, and I would be willing to bet that they're on no. similar levels of of inequality. Adam Sandler like, playing himself and his twin female sister—that's pretty bad. You yeah. cannot beat that. They have a second season where they do it with uh, Sex in the City Yes, too. they do. Oh, my God. <laughs> they just God. started the second season, so apparently they finished up <laughs> Grown Ups 2. They did 54 episodes of Grown Okay, this is, this is actually an important one. Someone said, I tried to contact UIP two weeks ago and didn't get any response so far. And we sent it, we sent it again today. Is there long wait time normal? So when you say you sent in, you mean like you applied? Um, yeah, it's, it's hard for us to get over and, and do the applications um i'll try and like egg someone into working through the applications i think us uh it's, it's another hard thing is like a lot of people apply um and it's hard for us to keep tabs like some people will, will have already like decided they don't want to do it anymore or maybe they, they found another place to write for so it's hard for us to keep tabs um and we don't want to just completely empty out the inbox so it's like kind of hard to like pick out who's still interested is Gather Your um, Party growing? Would you say? Like, is it is it is it getting bigger and getting more people? I don't even know. Yeah, I, I don't have the data. I remember uh, a few years ago, I guess, when you guys first started. Like, you were kind of going around asking people to join up and everything, and uh, it was during a time. I think was it around like the Mass Effect three thing, like ending debacle. We've had a few recruitment drives. Yeah, but I feel like this was like the beginning of it, like the genesis of Gather Your Party. I, I feel like it was like we're starting a new website, and I think it was in re direct response to one of these major just journalism like tornadoes of bullshit that happen every few years where it's like – I, I want to say it was the Mass Effect 3 ending controversy, but that might have been too soon. It might have been something before that, but yeah, I, I just I, – I don't know. I, I'm getting off on a tangent, but – I do remember seeing you guys uh, recruiting. Do you remember and... what the first thing that you guys ever put on the site was? It might have been a joke video someone made. And I think it had Omandy in it. I just I just remember hearing about you guys through, um, what's his name? Instigative Journalism. Right. I don't know where he is. Everyone asks me where he is. <laughs> He's off being a normie somewhere. He's a hermit. He's a hermit now. He's living deep in the woods. Nah. Well, he does find time to tweet um, insane conspiracies. It's just an intern. Oh, it's, it's just an intern it's... making tweets for him. Does he? Oh, I don't even follow him. It's, it's pretty funny. One of it was like, um, like the the streets are something about the militarization of the streets and how we were living in like an Orwellian police state, and something about like the water. Um, Come back to us, Cameron. Not, not directly saying that something was in the water, but we care you know, about you. Not discounting the possibility. <laughs> We're worried back, about Cameron. you. <laughs> it was something like that. We'll uh, have a warm blanket. 
a cup of soup. <laughs> if you want a sandwich, we can get you a sandwich, half a sandwich. He followed me on Twitter for a little while, and then I think I said something that made him angry. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so looks like things are settling down. Oh, um, somebody, somebody's asking you what your plans are for E3. Because you're going to E3, right? Yeah, I am going to go to E3. I don't know. I I was surprised that I actually got, um, like the. Process. Um. Okay. Yeah. So, in the past, I got in once as press. Then I played the following year's press, and didn't get in. I'm not sure if it's because maybe, you know, we had a reputation as not being a website that they would want there, or if it's just they're like, Psh, small fries. I've I've heard that they're mostly their application process is like, do they have a site? Does it seem like it yeah. has a lot of content on it? And that's pretty much as far as they go. And so I have a feeling that it comes down to a lot of randomness as to whether you're accepted or not. Like they just kind of hand out first come first serve. And then, and then um, if, if you're just unlucky, then you don't, don't get a pass. Cause it, it I, I just, I've, I've heard of a lot of people being able to get a press pass yeah. for that, that like, it was like, you technically have a site, but it's like not even to, to the level of push to shout podcasts or anything. Like it's like really small. Uh, and somehow they get a press pass. For when, it, so when I first got, <laughs> when I first got in, I actually just went in person with my, with the various credentials they were asking for and got in the second time myself and, uh, and some other people applied uh, early on and they said, no, um, this time I applied as industry. So, I mean, that's what's, I'm kind of unsure as I don't, I mean, I, I'm not there as media or press. Hmm. So like, am I supposed to go like rub elbows with people and like go to after parties and not get drunk? Cause I don't drink. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly what they want you to do. They want you to, if, if they don't, if they don't see you rubbing enough elbows, then they're going to, they're going to kick you out. Uh, that's just how they, that's just how they operate. They want you to yeah. network. I, I, I don't know what areas of the place I'm allowed to go in. I know press is limited and where they can go and various like attendee level badges are limited where they can go. I don't know where I'm, I don't know. I'll figure it out. I don't know. Do you have like a pass associated with the company you work for? Maybe. Cause you probably do. And it probably restricts you to like, I don't know. It, well, yeah, probably... I know. I'm not a hotshot CEO who would be like, Oh look, there's, Jim of Ubisoft, who I play golf with in an unmarked f- island off Florida. I, I just yeah. have the feeling that unmarked they probably ex- they probably <laughs> they probably expect you to be with your group, like with a group oh, no, of no. people in your company or whatever, and no. like kind of doing what they do. No, not I assume. at all. No, no, no. It's I, I. You can apply on your own, and then you just. It's not like they're like, okay, you're from, you're from EA. So you can only go to EA places or you can only go to EA designated spaces. No, it's not like that. Yeah. I don't know how it is because E3 has always been this mystical thing that doesn't make a lot of sense. But... It, it will. It's it's like sex. It will disappoint you. <laughs> I don't know how your sex is. Yeah, what did it count? I, last time, last time Mike had sex, he got a call from Square Enix lawyers. So uh, <laughs> we've. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a story. Anyway. Um, the yeah, uh, he's not kidding. 
I'm actually well, kind of excited. Time, <laughs> I'm kind of excited about E3 this year because it seems like we're kind of finally hitting that point where games, cool did, games, are actually maybe going to come did, out soon. Did Lightning ever recover, Mike? Jesus. I mean, I guess I can give the Cliff Notes version. So I was with this girl. We just finished. And I get a call on my phone. And uh, I'm just naked in this bed. And I'm talking to a lawyer from Square Enix about my Life is Strange stream. <laughs> and he's Really? Like, yeah. And he said they're prepared to sue. And he uh, quoted bits of episode 16 of this podcast back to me. Um, to try to indict me of perjury or to point out moments of perjury because I had joked that because okay so episode two of the game leaked like the the episode two was already in the game's files uh-huh. and um yeah it was like a couple files that you would drop onto the folder and I joked that I had like I I totally computer hacked the game. I said something almost exactly like oh, that. Oh God! And they were literally saying like, "You tampered with our software." And oh, you downloaded all you the did. Giga flips. Yeah, technically I did. And you rewrote the internet. Of course, the ironic yeah. thing is that you didn't illegally download the game because you already had it on your computer, and so yeah, it would probably yeah. be you would but, be very defensible in court. But of course, you don't want to do that bullshit. Yeah, like they they were they had gone through the podcast and found quotes. And said they were prepared to sue, and I was—I believe them. So some but, poor lawyer or his or his assistant or intern or whatever is having to fucking watch people like us talk they about. Called video games. They called it our pod show. They called it our pod show. Yeah, I've been meaning to talk. I've been meaning to refer to it as a pod show. So I, I want to get so that going. So what you're saying is, I should not have come on, and I will not be going to. <laughs> you E3. are fucked. Uh, yep. Basically, Square, you're I will not be blackballed by Square Enix. I will not be going to E3. Wow. Good That's stuff. all right. I just wanted the street passes anyway. Hey, it was worth it because you got to get be a guest on our podcast. Oh yeah, you'll you know? probably get a ton of street passes. Oh no, you do. You get crazy street passes. <laughs> That's gonna be insane. Just walking through an airport is a lot. You anyway. can you can just sit in the main lobby area and you'll have like hundreds of street passes. See, that's how lame I am. You get to get free passes from like industry yes. figures too, and that's that's fun. It's like he wants to go to E three to get street passes. You gotta collect them all. You gotta like make a list of all the industry leaders that you Skip. want to street 90 pass. Ninety percent of my body is video games. I believe it. I believe it one hundred percent. You're like you're like the video game version of Kojima. So I think it'll, someone said that. You'll you'll probably get like a street pass from I don't know like Zoe Quinn or something, and it'll be like that moment in some of those action movies where, like, the killer is in the crowd, and then oh, the, they don't know where, and they're, like, looking around panicked at, the, at their, like, cell phone and can see the GPS. And... Someone should, some, yeah, someone should definitely make a uh, Street Pass horror movie. Or <laughs> <laughs> you Street Pass a, what was a the killer name of that, and he What was the name of that horror movie, like, that was all about Skype? Skype? Was, like, some, it, it was so dumb. Like, it, it was this ghost on skype it, it was i don't even know what it was called i saw the preview for it i don't think it came out it never came out or i don't think it yet. came out yet okay there was that movie where they did it for the lols or whatever and if you say that oh like my three God. times what's it called the the face i, smiley. I know what you're talking about smiley yeah <laughs> i never saw it shane dawson unfriended it's called unfriended, unfriended. thank Damn. you jack ebmeyer yeah thanks all right we're clearly uh winding yeah, down yeah <laughs>
Okay, so thanks for tuning in, folks. And Mark, I don't know. You're a busy person, clearly. So um, I don't know if you actually will want to stick around. But usually we do a little after show. It's just very casual. We it's a complete it right, mess. Even the it's a shit show. Even though the episodes officially stop, we just leave the stream on for a little bit. So you can stay or not. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Tune in next week for some more great video game discussion. I'm Brutalcom Powder. And I'm Skippy Sigmatic. Oh. And I'm Mark Seb, aka Action Points. And this is Push the Shot. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Oh, and uh, and I guess I'll be the one that streams it this time. Hitbox.com. slash the Skippy Sigmatic. Because I'm the I'm the only one. I'm the one and only. That's great. Anyway, tune in to that. See ya. See ya.